0: What's up, Internet, and welcome to the last episode of the podcast for 2019. Don't worry. Don't worry.
1: Just... Oh, you scared me then, Pete. <laughs> I was like, well, what the hell's going on? What? What?
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. It's okay. Uh, it's the end of uh, our first proper year doing the podcast here, and uh, we are here for our Game of the Year special. I am, of course, your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. I got you to talk before you said hi. I don't think that's Do you ever you know, happened.
1: my favorite is that it's always joined as always by me and Pixel. And I'm like, no, you know, it's never fucking joined as nope. always. No. Like, it's, it changes and varies all the time lately. Yeah. But, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a, we've had a good run lately. I've been on those shows lately. So, you know, we're doing okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely just like leaned into it because originally it was always the three of us. You know, so it was, <laughs> I was like, oh, as always, I'm here with these two guys. And then like as it's become more of a trend that there, are, you know, it's been no, kind it's of a rotating funny. chair. Yeah, now it's, it's just It's like, just add. ironic now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but so, you know, we talked about it last week if if you're a regular listener, if not welcome to the show. It's podcast, weekly Nintendo podcast from com. Thanks for joining us. Uh but last week on the show, we had a very abnormal show because Pixel oh, Missed. I thought it was fun. Oh, it was great. I had I think it was a great episode. We've gotten some good feedback on it. Um, but I, you know, we, we, the reason that we had that kind of after darky episode of the show was because we wanted to kind of kick the can down the lane and, uh, and get pixel in for our game of the year discussion. Unfortunately, um, you know, he's had some, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just say some personal stuff uh, come up that, you know, just has made it so he is not able to me- make it for this show. Unfortunately, uh, thankfully, he did give us his game of the year and he wrote in answers to some of the questions that we're going to get into this week. So, uh, you know, it'll be like the Jedi ghost of Pixelpar is joining us.
1: You've got to do your best Pixel voice when you read the back. I can't do that. Yeah, do it. You've got to do your best British accent. <laughs> answers. I want to hear it. Fine. Punch. The listeners want to hear. It. Everyone wants to hear you're right, Pete's you're right. attempt at a British accent.
0: Nobody doesn't want to hear that except me. <laughs> and I and and you know what? Here's the thing. This is our New Year's episode, but we're recording it on the 21st. So I'm still in a very giving, Christmassy kind of mood. Me too. So you know what? I'm going to throw you guys a bone. I'll do I, it.
1: I, I, I've I've exchanged some gifts today. I'm feeling really festive. We're going to open some more in a bit on the show. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, be a good. fun episode.
0: So yeah. here's my thing though, Steve. Since I'm being gracious enough to grant you your Christmas wish, will you grant me mine and try to do your American accent again? Oh, no,
1: my American accent is terrible. No one wants to hear that. No one wants to hear that.
0: Your John Wayne-ass American accent is, like, burned in my brain, and you've never... you've never go back
1: and listen to the episode, because it's terrible. You've
0: never been able to recreate it, and it kills me, (laughs) and I just, like, I have to, I have to. You have to try. You have to. On this year-end episode... Maybe I'll try
1: it. If I read out one of the questions, maybe okay. I'll attempt it. Okay. All right. All Sounds
0: right. good. Sounds good. All right. We got it. We got a soft maybe there. All right. So <laughs> let's let's kick off the show uh, the way we often do by talking about what we're playing this week. Um, I haven't been playing anything but Star Wars, and I talked about it last week. So uh, what about you?
1: I've been playing a, a couple of games. I've been playing um, The Talos Principle, which is like a really cool puzzle game. I've been enjoying a lot. I mentioned it. I picked it up. Um, when we did the the, show the Highlights Ed. show, Two the show with Ed, that, yeah. yeah, a couple of episodes ago, I said I, I'd bought it, but I hadn't played it yet. I've now had a chance to play a lot of the game, um, I'm probably around about halfway through and it runs fantastically it's a really really solid port really really fun game that's
0: good i know that was kind of one of the concerns was like how is it gonna run because i think it, yeah. you had said it had some trouble on ps4 even right
1: no it had had issues on xbox one ps4 oh, okay, seemed okay. to be okay but when they ported it to xbox one i don't know if it was just a rough port or whether that just because that machine obviously isn't as powerful as the ps4 that it had some kind of performance strains mm-hmm. but uh, I've I've had no issues whatsoever. It's been it's been a fantastic game. I'm really enjoying it. If you're into that kind of environmental puzzler like um, Portal or Cube or whatever it is, then um, I would definitely say check it out. It's a really really solid game. It's a bit pricey. At around I think it's about thirty dollars in America. It's twenty six ninety nine in the UK. So it's a little bit pricey for a digital download only. But um, if you like this kind of game, then definitely check it out. Awesome. I've also been playing Luigi's mansion three today so my my partner picked that up for me for christmas so we did a gift exchange today so i played Luigi's mansion three this morning which has been that's a good gift really fun i actually think this would have made my game of the year list if i would played it sooner which is a shame
0: i really feel bad that i didn't play it and like i feel pretty similarly i think it's going to be one of those games um like there's a couple this happens to me like every year You know, like, even on a soft year, there are a lot of games that will fall through the cracks for you, and it's like you go and pick them up in that early, like, it's January, and I want to play something new, but, you know, like, nothing's out, so I'm going to go play, like, Disco Elysium and Luigi's Mansion and all these things that I missed out on, and uh, it's always a shame because, like, there's always that game where you're like, wow, I really should have, like... Like, this mm-hmm. would have been one of my games of the year. I really should have been, I should have showed up for this, you know? Like, I should have been there championing it, and it's such a it's such a bad feeling. But it's like, what do you do, you know? Like, there's too many games,
1: man. And you can't play everything. You have to choose what you want to spend your time on. And uh, But it's it's been great so far. I know DJ said that if he was on the show, he would have said that, that was his game of the year, which is, uh, which is interesting. I think it probably would have been uh, high up on my list as well. Because I'm I'm really, I'm really, really enjoying it. I never played Luigi's Mansion 2 because I didn't have a 3DS at the time. But Luigi's Mansion on the GameCube is one of my favorite games. So it's a real good homage back to that game.
0: Yeah, I also didn't get a chance to play Luigi's Mansion 2 because it came out in <clears throat> that weird kind of space where I, I was in college and I had very, very limited budget. So I had to be super choosy about what games I picked yeah. up. And Nintendo was in such a down point at that time that like there wasn't a lot of conversation around their games so like i was podcasting and stuff like that so i was like i should be playing like you know like if i'm gonna if i can only buy one game i should probably buy a bigger game that will last me longer that i can talk about with other people or make content about you know um so i just never got around to luigi's mansion there's like a couple nintendo games at that time where that are just like gaps for me unfortunately
1: i'm which now i'm the total opposite i'm like i really want just a short game that i can get through in six to ten hours and just be done with rather than a game that's going to take 150 hours plus or whatever like red dead redemption 2 that i'm never going to fucking finish
0: but that's the thing, right? Like when you're when you're young, at least you know. Like I know you and I had different schooling experiences. Like when I was in college, like I had a pretty limited funds because I was like, you know, paying for all my own food and all yeah. that kind of stuff, gas, all that kind of, you know, whatever. And I had to work. I had limited hours at my job because I was going to school. So
1: you had the time, you know, but was... you didn't have the funds. And so now you've got the funds, but you don't have the time. It's like, yeah,
0: right yeah so it was like okay cool like a game like dragon age inquisition i played for like a hundred some odd hours and it was like you know i in retrospect i wish that game was shorter but i sure got my bang for my buck out of it yeah i mean you know, i was like... the
1: same with stuff like skyrim or or uh, fallout i would play those games and i would just complete absolutely everything which i play i play games like that now and i'm just like no i'm kind of done with the main quest and i don't really feel like i need to get any more out of it i'm kind of done with yeah. it
0: or, like, games with, like, multiple paths, and it's like, I'll do it once. Yeah, I'll, I'll you know, fi- s- and then something
1: I'm- like Fire Emblem, I know I would play that once, and I would probably never go back, unless it really got its hooks in me, but I don't think it would.
0: Yeah so i i am bummed that i didn't get a chance to play luigi's mansion but it was just one of those things where other games yeah. precedent and uh i kept telling myself i remember a couple of, like not that long ago on the show i was like oh, yeah, i'm gonna play it before our game of the uh-huh. year discussion and then yeah
1: because because i know pixel mentioned it may have been his like game of the year instead of like pokemon yeah and um we'll to wait and see if it if it made that but um yeah, I, I can't, right, and while we're on this subject, because I know you haven't been really been playing anything you want to discuss, but I want to know, we're coming up to the holiday period, we're about to take a week off of doing the show, and obviously you've got some time off work, what are you going to be playing over that period, are you going to be playing, like, party games with friends and family, or are you going to be, like, going back to a game in your backlog, or investing more time in Pokemon, where, where you kind of see your gaming habits going this Christmas?
0: I think I'll probably play a, a few party games with friends. Like I picked up Killer Queen Black when it came to Switch and I still haven't had a chance to play okay. it. Okay. So I would I would love to like while I'm you know I'm I'm going to a Christmas party later, like I'm going to be seeing some of my friends over the the break and everything. So uh I'm sure I'll find some time for that, but uh as of right now I'm, I'm definitely thinking about all of the indie games that I didn't get a chance to play this year that I want to knock off the list. Like, Life is Strange 2 is number one on that list. I was waiting for it to be complete, and the last episode came out. So now, Sarah and I are playing that. So I'm really, really excited to get into that game proper, because I've only played the first episode. And, uh, obviously, I love Life is Strange quite a bit. Not something I get to talk about a lot on this show, but I definitely... it's that one of the games there. you've
1: got tattooed, or...?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. On my um, my forearm, I have the, uh, it's like the kind of Illuminati. I thought it was
1: the Illuminati symbol from, like, the dollar bill or whatever. P-
0: yeah, people always do it. I mean, that's kind of what it is. It's just, in the game, Chloe, uh, one of the two main characters, draws that, like, everywhere. Okay. So, like, throughout the entire game, you'll see them in, like, every episode, just in random places that you know she's been or that you guys go yeah so
1: people think you're like a big da vinci code fan of talking about the illuminati all the time but actually it's life is strange that it's the yeah of...
0: I, people no one know, no one knows that it's life is strange when they look at it the first okay. time like everyone's just like oh yeah i thought it was just like you know like a cool tattoo like the illuminati and i'm like oh yeah no like it is like yes but you know, it it does have that meaning for me um so yeah obviously i love life is strange quite a bit and um i'm really excited to get into that proper but i'm also going to be playing after party which is the game from uh the studio that did oxen free mm-hmm. and um that one looks really good i'm excited to check that one out and there are a few others on the list that are escaping me right now oh i have outer worlds that i picked up yes and i want to play outer wilds and i want to play disco elysium obviously i'm not going to play all of those games no, over break definitely not but i'm gonna to try to focus on the shorter ones and like play as many of them as possible while i have the downtime yeah um because i think i'm pretty close to the end of star wars so i'm gonna wrap that one up as soon as possible and then uh jump into some of these other ones like after party something i bet i could beat in like a night or oh two. yeah
1: it's probably like a two three hour game at most yeah. I think that's what and Free was. That would be perfect. Yeah, I'm going down to my parents uh, for Christmas again. So um, we're going to be playing a bit of Jackbox on Christmas Eve. I know that for certain. Cool. So we're going to roll that a couple. The new
0: one came out, We right? are. Isn't Jackbox Party
1: pack like 6. I think we're going to... I think my dad's already picked it up on PlayStation. So I think we're probably going to play some of that. Cool. Jackbox is so I fun, I love jackboxes, it's, it's really, really good. And like... It's just so simple. Like everyone's like, "Oh, how are we gonna play?" We're gonna have to try. It's like, nah, just get your phone out. Go to this. Go to this website. Put this code in, and you're on.
0: Yeah, and it's like accessible. Like you can play that with people who are. Not oh yeah,
1: we play it with gamers, my mom, and like, like, like she, she yeah. never plays anything other than like Candy Crush on her iPad or whatever. That's like the yeah. most she'll ever go.
0: It's mostly word games and stuff, you know. So it's yeah, like, word
1: games or like drawing a picture or like picking stuff. Yeah. They're, they're really clever. It's.
0: It's super. It's super easy to get anybody mm-hmm. in on, and it's one of those things too where I feel like even if you're not playing, it's fun to watch. Yes, it is. Yeah, and you can like vote and do all that kind of stuff too. Like if you join the lobby, so yeah, those games are great. I'm really glad that they've like continued Me to find too. success because they're uh, they're just a good idea.
1: Yeah, they're some of my favorites. Um, I've bought Dad, um, Man of Medan for. Um christmas which is this uh, like a, f- a follow-up game or it's like a new franchise from the people that made until dawn so he loved yes. until dawn and we kind of all played that together making the choices and like going, no do this yeah. one rather than like uh, uh, letting him do it so i think we're probably all going to play through that over the christmas period as well which should be cool I-,
0: I played that with sarah and it's uh it's cool it's definitely built with that in mind mm-hmm. like they know that people played until dawn that way so it's like you can assign characters to people and then when it's their turn you actually pass the controller. okay
1: that's kind of what I, that's kind of what i want to do with it so i think yeah, he'll i think yeah. he'll enjoy that and I, it's cool. i lent him resident evil 2 like earlier in the year when i'd finish it and i think he kind of got stuck a little bit so i'm probably going to help him complete that as well while i'm down there um because cool. I, I love that game so much like, and I, I kind of want it back so I can play again so he needs to hurry up and finish I it. Love,
0: I love the idea that your dad is like into video games but when he got stuck he's just like that's it, I'm going to wait for my son to come help me not <laughs> yeah, like no. go look up a guide or
1: something. <laughs> it might, it, uh, yeah, I mean it might be that he's like stuck actually doing the thing like if he's got to shoot in like a specific order or something. Oh, sure, So sure, if sure, he's sure, like sure, yeah. stuck and then I'll, I'll give him a hand with it. Uh, and then aside from that I'm probably just going to play more Talos, more that we just mentioned 3 if I get some more games over the Christmas period I've got Minute, the physical version um, So I'm going to finally Check that game out for the first time That game's fun, it's also short but That's, that's kind of what I want, I just want like a quick game Just to, to play I feel like my first
0: playthrough I beat it in like an hour yeah, well, that, like, that, I remember I It was in January when I Remember I, like, I went on my vacation
1: And that was one of those games, that's exactly what we were discussing That was one of those games where you were like Oh I really really love this game, it may have made my game of the year list If I had played it last year
0: yeah. Um it was exactly that. Yeah, and I played it over my 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 vacation where I, like I was flying home uh-huh. and it was it's like a 2-hour flight maybe and I slept for about half of it and I played minute for I want to say like 45 minutes and when I got home back to Sarah's place like after we had un- unpacked and everything she was like taking a shower and i was like all right cool i'm going to finish the game and i played for like 5 more minutes and it was over i was like oh damn i was so close <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> like no. wow that's a bummer <laughs> uh, so uh so that's what we were playing this week i guess i don't know that was what a segment so before we get into uh, our gift exchange from pixel um i'm gonna just tell you real quick where you guys can uh you know find the show support us all that stuff you know plugs uh so if you guys want to help out the show the easiest way you can do that is by giving us a like on your audio platform of choice uh make sure you subscribe to that rss feed so that you know when our weekly video or our weekly episodes excuse me go live and uh if there are a place where you like to get your podcasts where we're not let us know and we'll make sure to get there uh, if you want to get some more content from Loopots all across the web, you can visit us at loopots.com where we have uh, regular news and reviews. You can check out uh, my most recent review on Shovel Knight Showdown, which I've talked about a bunch. Great game to play over your holiday break if you're looking for something to play uh, with your friends and family. Um, but you can also head over to youtube.com slash lootpots or twitch.tv slash lootpots if you want to check out some of our video content. and uh, Or go join our Discord if you want to become a part of the lootpots community and join the ever growing legion of pots heads who uh, are in there, you know, trading Pokemon, talking about what they're playing, talking about, you know, deals and leaks and rumors and all kinds of stuff. So it's a great little community. Uh, Steve, me, and Pixel and the rest of the guys are in there all the time. Uh, So if you want to come connect with us or uh, get your questions right on the show like some of these fine folks did, you can uh, hit us up there or you can reach out to me at Pete at lupots.com. Last but not least, if you want to go above and beyond to show your support and keep the lights on here at looppots.com, you can head over to patreon.com slash and support us with whatever you can. But if you get us at the $5 level, you'll get access to our Patreon exclusive show, After Dark, which if you checked out last week's show, you got a little taste of what that program's like. It's a little bit looser, um, but we talk about all kinds of stuff. You know, that's not related to Nintendo um, and not even related to video games often. You know, sometimes it's going on in our lives. Sometimes we're playing games, doing all kinds of goofy challenges. It's, it's, it's a good time. And uh, we think it's worth uh, worth your dime. And um, like I said, it really helps us keep the lights on, helps uh, Lupot's not be a strain on Pixel's wallet. So uh, um, please, if you appreciate what we do here and uh, you want to show your support, head over to Patreon and, uh, and do so. So that's enough shilling. Let's get into the let's get into the gift exchange here. So this is uh, our second year with Loot Pots or our second Christmas anyway. And Pixel sends us nice little gifts because he's a very sweet man. <laughs> and uh, he he sent us. He's got I, so I'm gonna do a bit of sound. I'm gonna do a bit of photo work. You can hear it. So here's the thing. I have a spoiler alert. I know that this is a video game. Because he sent us one last year, which, you know, context clues. But because I'm in America, he, you know, has to, like, claim what is in the oh, package. he says
1: what it is.
0: Yeah, so it spoils it. So I know that there is video games inside because I have DJ and Dan's gifts too. And then he also sent me something very special, which, unfortunately, my candid reaction of, to it was not recorded. Let's but recreate he it. Me... Let's
1: try and recreate it.
0: Whoa! the Orange Arrow, Steve.
1: <laughs> I've had a discussion about this for Pixel. He thinks they've discontinued the Orange Arrow, and they would just bring it back for Christmas now because it's called Festive Orange.
0: Well, here's the thing. It's called Festive Orange, yeah. and it's got, uh, it's got snowflakes on it, too.
1: Yeah, they just call it Festive Orange now. So I think, because I haven't seen Orange Arrow in a store for a long time, and now they're back for Christmas. So he thinks they're just a Christmas exclusive. So you're going to have to wait to eat for each Christmas to get some orange arrows.
0: So here's the thing, Steve. I'm going to eat this live on the air now. Okay, let's see. Because uh, obviously, not the uh, whole thing. but How I... do
1: you eat the arrows? Do you like put it on your tongue and like wait for it to melt a little bit so then you feel the bubbles go? The first time at yeah. least, yeah. yeah. You know? That's the best um, way.
0: So yeah, I'm going to do a live taste test so here. For, just for because,
1: listeners that don't know what yeah. it is, it's like a, it's a chocolate bar and then inside it's like bubbly stuff like bubbly yeah. chocolate it's, like it's very and interesting chocolate.
0: and I've talked about it a lot on the show because Pixel sent it to me last year as like a taste test thing <laughs> and I've become obsessed with them and I've, I've I've gone out of my way to find them I had a friend bring me one from Canada because I had talked about it, it was Mike actually mm. I talked about it so much he saw one and was like oh man Pete loved these things found one in New York City last time I was there found one in Disney World you know like I'm on the hunt for these babies but I've never tried the orange one so let's 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 do a taste test here. All right, it's a good smell, good taste. Oh, oh, that's good.
1: What's your like consensus Where, you, where is it sitting compared to the peppermint?
0: Mm. So I don't think I like it quite as much as the peppermint. Not really, the peppermint I feel like with the bubbles and everything, like it it really it complements it, yeah. and it, it's it's like a sharp diff difference kind of you know. So it's like. You have these kind of three distinct elements to it that I think really make it appealing.
1: Okay. And
0: this is really good. I like it a lot. I would definitely get this regularly if I wanted a break from the peppermint, I think, if I if it was an option. <laughs> but it's way sweeter. You know, yes, like it's, it's a way yeah, yeah. it's a way sweeter candy. And I feel like
1: You couldn't have as much of it.
0: Yeah, I can't have as much of it. And I feel like when I'm chewing it, the orange flavor is, like, very muted, but now that I've swallowed it, like, the, my whole mouth has this, like, aftertaste of orange. It's
1: just festive. It's just a festive taste in your mouth.
0: It's very good. I really mm. like it.
1: My favorite one they used to do, and I haven't seen it for a while, was it was the normal milk chocolate on the outside, but the bubbly bit on the inside was white chocolate, and it was so good. So good. I can
0: see that being really good. Yep. Upon second bite, it's even better than I thought it was. That's mm. good. That's tasty. All right, one more. Oh my God! Oh, Merry Christmas to me, Pixel Par. <laughs> mm. Ho, 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 baby! God, that's good. I'm gonna eat that later. All right.
1: And these, okay. and this gift, Pixel told both of us, don't unwrap it until we have unwrapped it together. together. Because apparently, Spore's the other one. So I've already guessed what this is. I told you on the last show that I think this is The Witcher three, yeah. And I think Pixel is like sick and tired of us going. Oh, maybe I'll play it, and he's like, "Fuck that! I'm just buying it for him." So
0: I feel like I'm gonna guess it's The Witcher Collector's Edition because it's it's not a regular Switch box.
1: No, there's a it's cardboard. I can feel it because the sides on mine are slightly creased in, from yeah. the post.
0: All right, well, let's do it. Oh, Steven! (laughs) You called it, baby! Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Complete Edition Game of the Year, over 800 awards. I guess I finally have to play it.
1: Yes, you do. We both do. Thank you very much, Pixel. I am actually really looking forward to playing this.
0: Yeah, you know what? I got to say, man, I am too because, you know, Pixel, like, had me wanting to try it again, but it's like, ah, I'm not going to have time for this. I'm not going to buy this old game. But now that he gave it to me. Maybe that's what I'll play over my winter break.
1: Well, I mean, that's, a, that's another hundred hours for you to just uh, lose.
0: Honestly, the fucked up thing is I'm afraid of this game because I was gonna get this for Sarah because she is a huge Skyrim fan and yeah. she loves open world, you know games like this and is like obsessed with quests and she's a completionist and like will do everything. So she might play this game for the next generation. You know, like like this is a game I could see her playing if she played it and did every single thing like twice, it would be like six hundred hours. And that's how she likes to play games. So I'm afraid. I'm afraid. He might Pixel may have unleashed a plague on my household.
1: Alice got all the DL all the expansions and DLCs, so That's what yeah. I'm saying.
0: It's all of the DLC. The Hearts and Stone, Blood and Wine, and the sixteen DLCs, that's like at
1: least at least you'll have the TV. <laughs>
0: I just heard Sarah upstairs. She just goes, yes!
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: my God. I hope that you could hear that other episode. Her palms are sweating, listeners.
1: <laughs> She's just salivating over it.
0: <laughs> She's salivating up there, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks, Pixel. Uh, Merry Christmas, buddy.
1: Well, on the subject of The Witcher, do you think you're going to be watching the Netflix show?
0: Oh, yeah, I'm going to check out the Netflix show. I've heard it's really good. It's only like eight episodes. So like, I'll watch it. I'll see what it's about. Maybe that'll get me in the mood to play the game, you know? My my gifts to you and Pixel are going to be coming late. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: I, I genuinely haven't got nothing. For, I've got yours, which is sat on my desk, and I really want to eat them. But uh, I've got nothing for Pixel so far. I really don't know what to get them. Yeah. So if you have ideas... We'll talk, we'll talk off it And air. you we'll can just let air. me know and wire me some cash and I'll just buy it and we'll just, we'll just go half on it and just, yeah. Oh, that'd be
0: great, actually, because then I wouldn't have to post it.
1: Exactly, job done.
0: Yeah, okay, cool. Because that was the thing I was, like, dreading. I was like, oh, this is going to cost me, like, $40 yeah. to send him something. That was why he sent me DJ and, and uh, Danny's gifts, because he's like, can I just send them all to you so I don't have to, like... Spend $100 sending this crap to everybody.
1: I I really want to get Divinity Original Sin, and I was so close to buying it. And then I get to the checkout on Limited Run Games, and the fucking postage is like $15. And I'm like, oh, for God's sake. Especially when it's on sale at the moment for like £30. Do I really want to pay double that just to get it on a cartridge? Probably not.
0: No, not worth it. Well, okay, so uh, one of the other things that we were going to do before we get into your questions and our Game of the Year discussion was uh, we had a request from Chewy, uh, who you can actually go check out his, uh, hes Chewy Plays on uh, Twitter, and he's got a great YouTube channel about Animal Crossing, uh, great member of the community. He asked that we do our uh, year in review, and unfortunately, they only had that in North America, so we won't be able to look at Steve's. But uh, I've got mine pulled up here, so if you don't know, Nintendo did this thing uh, similar to um, kind of like what Spotify does every year, where you can go and log in with your, you know, your username, and it gives you a breakdown of all of your data and how many hours you played, and you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's it's a really cool it's a really cool little look back. And Chewy asked specifically that we go through ours, uh, so we're gonna take a minute and go through mine real quick. So, uh, for starters, my Nintendo Switch journey began on launch day, March 4th, 2017. Shoutouts to the OG. Uh, first game I ever played was Breath of the Wild, probably unsurprising. I, I would have that's most people's first game. Uh, so here we go. My most played Nintendo Switch games in 2019, ooh, excuse me, uh, were Fire Emblem Three Houses, unsurprising, <laughs> uh, Wargroove, Pokemon Sword. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and Little Town Hero.
1: Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna have to compare that against your Game of the Year list and see uh, see how yeah. it compares.
0: Okay, well keep it in mind then. Uh, so how many? I played three hundred and sixty four hours of Switch. I played thirty nine games.
1: Thirty nine games in twenty nineteen. Just this year. Wow, I feel like I've only played like eight games. It's crazy. I,
0: I played a lot more than I remembered.
1: Did you have any of those Coconut Club games or whatever it was to review this year?
0: I don't think I did any this year.
1: (laughs) Shio, whatever it
0: was. It might have actually, I might have been, yeah, you know what? Dying, Dying, Reborn or whatever. Yeah,
1: that's on sale at the moment. I thought of you when I saw it. No
0: one should play that game. I did that uh, right before my vacation.
1: Yeah, you have my friend Pedro as well that you did.
0: That was in Coconut Island though. Oh, that wasn't uh no, it wasn't Copter
1: Island. That's no, that, um Devolver yeah. Visual.
0: That game was fine. But yeah, so I guess I guess I'll just do the hours. I don't think like days that I spent the most time gaming are that interesting. Oh, i what, for...
1: what days of the week is it that's like your most gaming day? Uh
0: so it's November seventeenth, twenty fourth, and November sixteenth. Seventeen, so... twenty
1: four, and sixteenth. So seventeen and twenty four are the same day. What day of the week were they?
0: Sixteen sixteen and seventeen were both I, I think that's Pokemon's Really, I think it came out on the 15th. It, and is, I played,
1: it did, yeah, 16, 17. I was playing that weekend for the review. And then the week after, you were obviously playing a lot more as yeah. well to finish up your review.
0: Yep. Yeah, so that must have just been the review. Um. But so in January, I played 46 hours. In November, I played 29. In March, I played 36. In April, I played 20. May, I played 7. June, I played 12. July, 31. August, 57. September, 34. October 10, November 71, and December 10. So I I know that this is – apparently the numbers are a little off for a lot of people because I think there's some of this is like a little bit skewed.
1: I wonder if it's some people just left their console on and then just walked away while it was on the poor screen or whatever.
0: Somebody in our Discord was sharing how the math was a little bit off. Like, some Nintendo employees were talking about it. Like, because I know, like, uh. That was,
1: Matt... uh. That was Mark from bluepot staff was talking about how Fire Emblem was, um. Was totally, like, <laughs> wrong on his. His. And someone on Twitter who worked for Nintendo was saying they're working on a fix.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and Matt, uh who is a regular listener, member of the Discord, and, uh, you know, I've talked about him a couple times. Um, he uh, said the same thing where, like, Fire Emblem wasn't in his top games, and it was definitely the game he played the most hours yeah. up on Switch. So I-, I know that it's, like, potentially a little bit off. I refreshed it, because when I looked at it the other day, my hours were different. So that's the most recent ones right now, but there you go, Chewy. <laughs> okay. No, you know what? I'm gonna save the. I almost, I almost ate more of the arrow. I almost ate more of the arrow, but I'm gonna save it for after the main. P, topic. I
1: almost, I ate almost an entire box of chocolate biscuits for breakfast today. It was terrible.
0: Oh, that's gonna hurt you.
1: And um, yeah, it shouldn't have happened, but it did. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: 2020, man, it's the healthy year. All right, so moving along into the main topic, it's the game of the year. So, uh, we're going to do this similar. Everyone to keeps
1: know. removing my S from this. this, this. Everyone keeps removing this S here. See? Oh, because it's games of the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, see? Uh, see, everyone does game this. Everyone does that usually. But that's wrong. Yeah. It's not so games notes, of the year. In our notes, it's, it's it says G-O-T-Y. And, 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 and tried... you and Pixel keep removing that S.
0: Well, I thought it was a typo.
1: No. No, it's G-O-T-Y.
0: Okay, fine. games of the year. So we're going to do similar to what we did last year where uh, we have each of us has our game of the year and then we have honorable mentions, uh, which we've ranked for Pixel. I have only three honorable mentions. Steve and I both have four and ours are ranked. I don't know about his, so I'm going to just read them in order that he gave them to me and assume that they're ranked. So we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> so I think
1: Steve- they're ranked from the back
0: from up yeah that's what i'm going like, to say cuz i think that
1: i think this one here he really liked
0: yeah i agree that's how i'm going to interpret that so let's let's start with you what's your number 5 pick Steve?
1: okay number 5 on my list is baba is you
0: wow really
1: yeah i really liked baba is you i never got a chance to play enough of it other stuff got in the way but I really want to go back and play that, and I think it's probably going to be the one you know, I love. The just like orgasmic faces. You ate more arrow. Yeah, <laughs> just, I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm so Pete like... Like, Pete was like, I'm going to say this after the main topic, and then as I start talking about my game of the year, he just shoves more arrow in his mouth. It's so good.
0: <laughs> it's so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: so uh, Baba so, is you. So Baba is you. I really enjoyed it. It was like such a clever game. You, like, move uh, words around and that changes the dynamic of the game and enables you to reach the goal and some, you can, like, change the goal. You could be the goal or a random item could be the goal. You start off as Baba but then you can maybe turn into, like, a rock or a flag or whatever it might be. And it was just a really, really cool puzzle there. I know, I, I know it gets really, really good having listened to some other podcasts and having heard from other people that this game, like, it turns into something really special. So I definitely want to go back and, and play more of it. I think if I'd played more, maybe it would have made, been higher on my list. Uh, but if you haven't checked it out, definitely check Baba is out.
0: Cool. Obviously, it still made an impression.
1: Yeah. What's your number five?
0: So my number five is Wargroove.
1: Mm. This just didn't make my list. It was like number six.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was how it was on my overall game of the year list. I think if Fire Emblem hadn't come out, then it would have been because they're very similar, but Fire Emblem has a better story. So um, I really got connected with that in a way that I didn't quite with Wargroove. Wargroove's story is cute, but it's like mostly a framing device for the gameplay, you know? So with that in mind, Wargroove is definitely – my probably the this my sixth favorite game of the year and it's like the unsung hero of the game of the year like lists i've been a part of so far just because it just got edged out by a few other games but it's a wonderful strategic rpg and or a tactical rpg i guess and i i think it's really charming like the the world and its settings it's pixel art its music is all very yeah. cute and and like I i think i played that game for somewhere in the neighborhood of like 60 hours you know across a few months and i was playing it like every night you know like a a a map a night for a while and it and it was really enjoyable it was it was a a game that came to me at the totally the right time Mm -hmm. and and i i loved it throughout and it was it's tough it is a hard game it made me work
1: that's what put me off of it. It was too difficult for me. I was just like, no, I, I don't want this chore. I want to just like be able to enjoy it. But I did, I did like what I played of it. I did love the fact that they put all those tools in for you to build your own scenarios and your own yeah. maps. I thought it was really, really cool.
0: I loved how challenging it was.
1: Okay, well, that's. I think, see, see, I liked the challenge, but sometimes it felt like it was punishing. Like, you had to anticipate what random things were going to show up on the map, and it's like... There were definitely mm. a few
0: spikes like that that bothered me, and I I think there are a few, like, specific, like, big beats in the story where it's like, this is a big battle, and it, like, feels unfair, yeah. you know? But at the end of the day, like, figuring it out and and getting that win was so satisfying for me every time mm-hmm. so like especially when it was a map where because I, like i said i would play like one map a night and i remember there was a week where i was trying to beat a map and every night i played it for like one match where it would go for like an hour hour and a half and then i'd lose and it's like well i don't have time to play again so that's that and it was really bothering me and i almost quit and then i finally beat it and it was like such a triumph you know <sighs> and uh, and that was really what Wargroove did for me. you know, I, I, I loved how challenging it was. and and again, I, I think it's a really pleasing package. Like it's a game that is fun and and challenging to play, but it's also nice to look at and engage with. so you you don't mind spending sixty to eighty hours with it. you know, it's 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 a joy. And uh, it's a game that like I think it got a lot of attention when it first came out and then kind of fell away in the broader conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think if you, if you missed out on it, it's definitely a game that you should go back and check
1: but, out. But I think it, it kind of left the broader conversation because of Fire Emblem and because the mm-hmm. games are so similar in gameplay. But if you prefer kind of the Advance war style game that Nintendo just refuses to make anymore to Fire Emblem's kind of fantasy style, then Wargroove's kind of got more of that vibe.
0: I think Wargroove is also a better game for how I played it. Where Fire Emblem was the first Nintendo Switch game that I played almost entirely docked. Okay. You know, every time I played it, I wanted to be playing it on a TV and watch the cutscenes and have that more like triple A video game experience. Yeah. Whereas Wargroove was a perfect thinking, you know, thinking person's game for okay, like it's the end of the night. I want to get in bed and watch some TV or whatever while I unwind, and I want to play something that's, like, slow, not, like, an action platformer or something like that, you know? And it's, like, it's hard, but it's not a game that, like, requires a lot of your attention moment to moment, so you can kind of, like, take it at your own pace, tune out if you want. Like, you know, it was, like, a perfect game to play, like, unwind with, excuse me, before, uh, you know, before you go to bed. And so I think if you like Fire Emblem and you want more Fire Emblem, but you want a game that you can kind of, like, you know, just focus on the gameplay and not feel like you're, like, missing out on the story and the music and stuff like that, it's it's a little bit better for that. Yeah. So, Pixels – well, Pixel didn't have a number five, so let's just go to our fours.
1: Okay. My number four is Pikuniku. Okay. Do you remember this game?
0: Yeah, I figured that would show up on your list. You talked about that one a lot.
1: I loved Pikuniku. It's this really weird little circle guy with two big le- like human legs coming out of the bottom of him. He's like starts off as this monster that comes out of a cave and everyone's scared of him. And then you like um, go through the game and everyone learns to kind of love you. It reminded me very much of Wonder Song, which was one of my favorite games of last year. Uh, it was just a fun, cool, interesting, quirky game. <laughs> awesome music. I I loved the music the entire time I was playing it, just um just a weird quirky game and I would recommend anyone go check it out especially as it's on sale at the moment in the Nintendo Christmas sale or festive sale yeah just check it out I, I had an absolute blast with it it's just a fun 2D puzzler
0: I have kind of like been thinking about picking it up whenever I see it on sale because like whenever like I immediately think of you like gushing over it and I was like yeah maybe I should check this out.
1: Yeah, you definitely should check it out, especially as it's, like, less than 10 quid at the moment.
0: Okay, so for my number four, I've got Shovel Knight Showdown.
1: I, I, I kind of thought it would be there, but I thought it would maybe be a little bit higher than that, because you kind of gave it a rave review.
0: I did. Uh, it was a stacked year, though.
1: It was a stacked year, so I, there must be some really, really heavy hairs above above that.
0: Yeah, the games ahead of it are are, are big ones. Okay. Um, So I, I love Shovel Knight Showdown. I think it's a an excellent party fighter i think it like is right up there with games like duck game or killer queen black uh and smash and it is fun it is a fresh take on that genre it learns a lot of good lessons from its peers uh but isn't slavish in trying to fit into any one of those boxes like it's not trying to ape another game. It's like taking a bunch of elements from Mm -hmm. others and then kind of doing its own take on it, you know? And and with that Shovel Knight flair and style and those tight, tight controls. So, yeah, it's a game that immediately spoke to me, and I loved it. I gave it a glowing review, as Steve said. And uh, I think it is the best piece of Shovel Knight content that's come out since the original game.
1: Does it trump the original game for you? No,
0: no, definitely not. They're very different, though, you know? It's like... Mm -hmm. I, I I, think Shovel Knight is, like, in the conversation for best in its genre. That is a way, way, way harder thing to say than to say you're one of the best party fighters, because there's not that many, you know? Um, Shovel Knight Showdown as a game is more unique, probably, in terms of, like, there are not that many games I could compare yeah. it to. But Shovel Knight stands head and shoulders above so many of its contemporaries its predecessors like shovel knight is a is a master class i think
1: i'm interested to see how shovel knight showdown compares to killer queen black for you when you finally get around to playing that because i know that that the killer queen the arcade game is kind of renowned for being like I one of love... the most inventive arcade games and
0: i love the arcade version i've only played it a handful of times because obviously it's an arcade game but yeah it's so fun i played it at Magfest like a few times
1: okay i think it's so cool that you have to get like nine other people so yeah, game well,
0: that's why it's like perfect for like Magfest because it's like they have a 24 hour arcade that's free. Mm. So like I was there with a, a friend of mine and he and I were walking around the arcade and we saw the killer queen black machine and we were both like, oh crap, like let's go. Let's go get in line. And there was like a, a crowd of people around playing and on two sides you can play. So you can have 18 people playing at once, so there's not a very long wait, and it's very much a, like, people just rotate in and out. Yeah, that's So it cool. was, like, we stood and watched one game end, and then were immediately able to jump on and play for, like, two or three rounds before, awesome. we, before we had to wait again. So, like, we sat and played it for, like, an hour or two, and I, I must have played, like, five, six rounds. And uh, it was so fun. I'm so excited to play it. I'm interested to see how it having less players impacts the flow. But um but yeah, Shovel Knight Showdown is fantastic, and uh I definitely think everyone should give it a shot, especially if you were a fan of the original, because you probably have the treasure trove, which means you have it for free. So go play it. It's great. Especially this holiday season when you got, you know, you need something to play with your friends or your family, or whatever, like jump into
1: it. was Pixels number four?
0: Pixels number four was Cadence of Hyrule.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: Which I'm guessing is on your list as maybe, well. Maybe, start maybe on my list. Maybe. We can't speak to why he put it there, but it is there. Yeah. So there you go. Number four from Pixel. He put it there Hyrule. because it's a
1: Zelda game, and any Zelda game makes Pixel's top top list.
0: Fair enough. I did not love that game. Okay. I, I love the idea of it. I think it's really cool, Um, but I played it, like, I bought it, played it for, like, an hour or two, picked it up again the next day, and was like, I don't really like this.
1: Okay, that's fair. You gave it yeah. a shot. Yeah. It just didn't. I just didn't yeah. connect
0: with it. The m- soundtrack
1: is amazing. It's though. it's really good. There's a new update as well, and I really want to get back and I think I'm gonna play that again. It's just so much over the over the Christmas period. It's like what the hell? Yeah. Just randomly drop a free update with a new story arc. Yeah, great.
0: <laughs> yeah, I might go back to it at some point and try it again because maybe it just you know sometimes it takes more than once for something to click. There, there's
1: a dog you can pet now, so that really just seals the That does help. In. That so, does help. Yeah.
0: Uh okay, so number 3 for you.
1: Number 3, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Even though I didn't finish this game, as I said, you bar- I did you enjoy what played I played. Game. I did. I got through half of the dungeons and that to me was is enough to say to like give me a taste of what that game is. And I did thoroughly enjoy it. The visual art style is incredible. I want them to do more games in that visual style.
0: Release Mother. Give me the Mother collection in that <laughs> style, happen. you cowards. <laughs>
1: Just ask Reggie again. He was so sick of everyone asking him for Mother 3. <laughs> Did you see the pin he had
0: at the Game Awards? He's such a no, troll. No, I
1: didn't. Was he wearing a Mother pin? I think pin? it was
0: a Mother pin. Yeah, he's such oh, a what troll. what a bastard. He's such a troll. <laughs> I, love, I love Reggie. Beautiful man.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoyed Link's Awakening. Can't, um, I can't I believe I you're thought, not going to finish it. it. Just I I may finish it at some point, but at the moment I kind of uh, I'm just done with it. Dude, just I, look I've up got a guide. A taste of just wrap it. Is. Just yeah, but I don't wanna have to look up a guide. And that's the thing, because you're all like, oh, I was like six years old, and I was a genius, and I managed to finish this game on my you own. Guys, you guys. don't need a guide to do it. You guys have
0: warped this narrative of me talking about how I really connected with this game as a child and spent hours trying to play it, <laughs> being like,
1: I was bragging. Like, I'm not yeah, bragging. I just literally. I managed to get through this game in two minutes. I found the little hidden secrets. I'm
0: sorry that I was in like kindergarten, so
1: my schedule was pretty <laughs> open. Steve, i had a lot of time
0: to play the game and figure it out
1: how many how many double A's did i started you get it, it over
0: like three times because i sucked so bad and i couldn't get past it And i was like well i want to play the beginning again and then i would read a clue and be like <laughs> oh so that's literally in my original if my original cartridge still has the data there's three accounts because i started oh the God. game over twice <laughs> oh
1: my gosh what's your number th- what's your number three
0: my number three is Pokemon Sword and Shield. Okay,
1: wow, that's low down.
0: Well, when you think about what's above it, uh, I think it makes sense. So Pokemon, uh, again, a game I reviewed that I, I liked quite a bit. I've talked about Ad nauseum on this show, so I won't belabor the point, but Pokemon Sword was a really great experience for me. I I loved playing it, and I think it's a... Good game at best and an okay game at worst. So that's, you know, that's fine. That's a fine place to be for a Pokemon game. You know, I think that there are a lot of meaningful innovations, and I think I characterized it as a uh, a, a major step forward for Pokemon, which was yeah. something that people on Twitter gave me a lot of shit for, but I stand by it. Uh, why
1: do people give a shit for that?
0: Uh, because people are c- committed to the narrative that this game is bad, you know?
1: Oh, okay.
0: Um, And it's not.
1: Do you know, I love, I love the idea that everyone has to hate a game because someone else hates the game. It's like... Why? Or,
0: or anything, yeah, like the like now, like the conversation around Star Wars, which is a thing I love, but I'm exhausted by because I don't want'm sa- to done anybody with Star Wars. ever yeah i just i i hate I hate listening to people complain about things
1: i uh, I don't think I'm gonna watch the the last one in the cinema,
0: I saw it last night, I liked it, okay, yeah, so I mean pokemon is a, is a franchise that is its processes is or progress is glacial, and I think that this game made a lot of good choices i think its story was concise and it was not intrusive i think the wild area was a really great addition and a smart gameplay innovation i liked the uh raid battles as an addition to have like a co-op multiplayer experience like there's a lot of good forward thinking things in pokemon and the quality of life changes are out of this world good in terms of, like, making breeding and battling and, and the competitive, the deeper side of things more accessible and easier yeah. to get into, they did a f- wonderful job. It's, like, you can make a competitive Pokemon in, like, 10, 20 minutes now compared to something that used to take literal days of work sometimes, which is insane, and something that I could never do as an adult. So I, I think those those things are all important and worthy of praise. And um just because it's not higher on my list it's it's because i want to see more innovation i want to see pokemon go away for a while and come back with something meaningful and and fresh you know uh, because
1: they need to they need to do a zelda like, yeah they, they need, need a breath
0: of the wild moment and and i don't know that they'll ever get it because of the marketing
1: machine behind pokemon it doesn't even need to be a breath of the wild moment like you know the wind waker was a very different game to what came before it. and i know people like didn't particularly like it because they just wanted more of the same but i do want them to go away and and mix things up you
0: need i i think it's clear the franchise needs a shot in the arm you know and and i'm ready for that but that being said this game i think one of the last things i said in my review is that this game proves to me that there's still innovation to be squeezed out of the formula that there's still places for pokemon to go even in the glacial development cycle they find themselves in so I, I am confident that, like, if if this game was the first taste of the trajectory to come, Pokemon's moving in the right direction. It's just going to take longer to get where we want it to be than we want it to. And I don't know when that is or what that looks like, but um, I do think this was a step in the right direction. And uh, it it is moving away from a lot of the things that made me feel a little disenfranchised about the 3DS entries because I really loved X and Y and Sun and Moon the first time I played them. They're games I can't go back and play now at all, though, because of the hand-holding and how easy they are and all all of these things that this game really, I think, walked back a little bit. And, you know, um, those are all, all wins in my book. And, you know, for a franchise that I love as much as Pokemon and that ultimately I'm going to play no matter what because I love competitive battling, and that has never been bad or never needed to be fixed that's good enough for me
1: mm-hmm. and pixels number three was the witcher three
0: which uh is a game steve and i are both experts on apparently now
1: yeah i've read the box this is the so complete i'm gonna edition. i'm gonna tell you all about this game this game you're gerald or uh, gerald of rivia gerald yeah gerald of <laughs> rivia Ger- so. gerald yeah damn. yeah that's uh that's what you need to
0: all I know is there's also two. Uh, there's like a there's like a very sexy love triangle. He has two women in love with him, and he has like amnesia oh, and stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's hot. That's and he has cool. a big
1: mustache, and he plays uh, Superman.
0: He does now, yeah, yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. That's a thing. That's right. Okay, so uh, so number two now on your list.
1: Oh. Number two. So, um, what, do, what do you what do you think might be left on my list of the two games? What do you think might be there?
0: Cadence of Hyrule is one of
1: mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm.
0: What else did you play this year?
1: They're both indie games. So are uh, next are both indie games. And
0: all your games are indie games. Except for Link.
1: Link's, yeah. Link's not an indie game. Okay, number two is yeah. Untitled Goose Game.
0: Oh, I should have guessed.
1: <laughs> Untitled Goose Game. I... really waiting so long for two number two it's a good game it's a
0: good game i liked it
1: It, it's a good game it's too short
0: it's a really charming game
1: it's very charming it's a it's a fun game uh i think it's fun to watch other people play it's fun for other people to watch you play and everyone's like trying to help you solve the puzzles it's different to what I expected it to be. It, had, it was a lot more puzzle solving than than I thought. Like the fact that you can be in like a garden and you have to like figure out how to get someone to chuck stuff over to the other yeah, side to get stuff. like there, there was a lot there was a lot more in in there than I thought there would be. It was still quite a short game. You could play it in one sitting if you really wanted to.
0: Yeah, I think I beat it in two nights.
1: Yeah, but I don't think that distracts from the fact that the game is really really fun and and you probably should play play it if you haven't.
0: I think the presentation of it is what really surprised me the most. Like the art style is very beautiful.
1: It's fantastic and the music as well just really a comp- like complements it so well. apparently the music wasn't the music that was in the game until after they someone had done the trailer for them and put that music in. Oh wow. And everyone was like, "Oh wow, the music's so cool." And they were like, "Oh shit, we should probably put that music in the game then." And that's when they put the music in.
0: It's got like a very dynamic um like sound like it's reactionary to like how you're playing and stuff, and it's yes. got this beautiful swelling orchestral kind of style, and it. it's mm-hmm. it's it's a really really. Interesting. It's just
1: it, I think it's a really mischievous soundtrack that goes well with like what yeah. this yeah. duck's doing. Like it's a goose. Do, 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 do. Why do yeah, you always the call goose, him a not duck. The duck? Fuck yeah, it's called goose. goose Game. I know.
0: Jesus, bird <laughs> <We're> racist. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, Wait, yeah, that's my that's my number two. What's, what's yours?
0: I like that game a lot, not nowhere near my. So topic.
1: you've got you've got Fire Emblem as number one. I know that for certain. No. What else? Who's who's to else? Say, who's to say it's? Number what one? what else haven't you mentioned? You haven't mentioned Link's Awakening, but I don't think you enjoyed that as much. Well, you're wrong because it's number two, baby. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man.
0: Yeah, Link's Awakening number two. Um, Link's Awakening is a game that is very near and dear to my heart um uh, yeah. as steven pixel loved to make fun of me for i played it when i was very young it was my first introduction to zelda
1: yeah three months old just a genius yep
0: just... three months old child prodigy uh came right popping right out the womb with a game boy in <laughs> hand playing uh, zelda dx and um or no i guess not dx if i if it was out of the womb i would have been playing no zelda. yeah
1: the, game, the color was not then
0: not quite not quite no that was you're old
1: now you're almost 30
0: yeah you know? i'm, a, I'm a almost 30 that's that's Coming soon, me and Steve's new podcast, almost 30. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I really love Link's Awakening, and it's a game that I have a real soft spot for, and I haven't played it in a number of years. Um, and so it was great. I was, like, eager to go back to it, and I really love this reimagining of it because I think they did, did a it, really – Did it
1: feel familiar? Was it like coming back to an old friend?
0: Yeah, it very much was. And in in the best way – because it's not yeah. you know that it's tough with that cuz i feel like the the real goal of those kinds of games should be to make you feel or to make it feel the way you remember it and this game doesn't quite do that it actually is more like it felt more like a coming home thing of just like i got in and it was instantly familiar you know, and, like, I I knew, like, I I had this memory of, like, this is where you go and this is what you do, but it also still kind of felt new and fresh because it was Mm -hmm. such a different style and it wasn't just, like, a, you know, like, what they did with Crash or Spyro, where it's like, hey, let's take these games that style haven't aged super well. Uh, uh, Yeah. And And they
1: just, but I think the style they just kept the same on those games for the most part. They just, like, made it as if, if we'd have made those games now, we'd have done this. Whereas, Nintendo went, well, let's do something completely different, but keep the kind of vibe of the game. It the feels same.
0: kind of like a like an homage to it, to it, yeah. more than like a just a, a a re like an up master or whatever, you know. Um, and and I think the quality of life changes that they made were were really good and smart because I think if they had slavishly recreated the game, that would have been a mistake because I think it's already mm. a game that does not hold your hand at all and is very difficult to like figure out what you're supposed to do sometimes. And I think even with the concessions they made, it's kind of still that way for a lot of people. So um, I think they did a great job of bringing the game forward, and especially considering it's a game that is kind of like I think – forgotten a lot it's like lost in the zelda canon of of one of these weird games that no one's heard of or played and <laughs> that now... has
1: mario and goombas and yeah jumps in
0: <laughs> yeah and it's one of those things where like you know aside from mike who writes for loop Pots as well like i've never really known another person who was like who played the game or loved it or had a real connection to it like i i like we do uh so i i was really happy to see it get that attention again and to have it kind of get a second look from, you know, the community as a whole and be like, oh, yeah, like this is this cool kind of relic, like forgotten thing that, you know, we brought forward and we're able to, you know, bring to a new generation and, and make more accessible because it's a game that has been kind of hard to come by too. Like, except mm-hmm. for unless you bought the 3DS, you know, eShop game version. Our virtual concert. and it had
1: and it had the best still book of any switch game
0: oh yeah it's such a cool collector's edition I'm so glad I imported it and uh yeah it's 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 a game I really love and and I I I think maybe not exclusively but I think when I go back to play this game I'll probably go back and play this version more often than mm-hmm. not because it really is like a great update you know where it, it captures all of the magic of the original and all of the things that make it special in a lot of ways um and and brings them to a, a more modern look which i don't think it needs like i i am a staunch believer in like how well pixel art ages um yes. but i think that this is a great way to experience the game I mean you look
1: at ET on the Atari and it just looks fantastic too <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was good. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and this was also Pixels number two. Yeah, Awakening. Man, a culture uh, so just you, like you two are very aligned on that. Be- before we get to number one, I'm surprised that Crash Team Racing didn't make it. This is that just because you didn't play it on Switch?
0: Yeah, I played it on PlayStation.
1: Would it have made it if you if you had played it on Switch? So, do you think
0: it actually didn't make my top five game of the years, okay. even when I included non-Switch games, and it was it was like. I said Wargroove is number six. It might be number six. It was, like, right in that yeah. competing for number five. And I gave it to Shovel Knight because Shovel Knight was something new and Crash was a remaster of something that I already loved. So, like, it yeah. has nostalgia in its favor and, like, it has all these other things. So I, when I was, like, weighing them in my mind of trying to be, like, okay, which is, like, like which is objectively, like, mm-hmm. better, you know, like, for for this year i kind of wanted to give it to to showdown
1: what else have you got down there that didn't make your list before we get to number one
0: uh so like those like super super honorable mentions yeah i would say like wargroove crash team racing is another one um what else was it i can't remember i had like a whole list that i made out and i was like cutting things as i was so i'm trying to think of what else i played
1: for me, Wargroove and Mario Maker Two on the two. Oh kind of yeah, Mario
0: Maker Two is another, but uh that wasn't that close to my five.
1: I I enjoyed Mario Maker Two. I enjoyed being able to play some of the really creative levels. I loved all the musical ones, like people recreating like the Splatoon soundtrack in Mario Maker Two was awesome, but it it was nowhere near good enough to make my top five.
0: Oh my god! So I just looked at my phone because I was gonna look and see if I could pull up my list, uh, and I have a, I have two messages from Sarah on Messenger and a text that says she says, So can I come get the Witcher or (laughs) So I guess that's starting. Come on. Come
1: down and say hello to everyone.
0: Here. Sarah, so Steve says if you want to play the game you have to say hello to everyone. Come here, you have to say hi. (laughs) Say hi. Hello. No, in the mic. Say Say hello. (laughs) Hello. Are you taking my Christmas present? Thank you. Oh okay that's it. That's all we get from her. Alrighty well, that's the end of her. Rest in peace. Oh my god, she's very excited. <laughs> did you hear that?
1: I did hear that, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, hopefully that one showed up in the recording too. That's that's good stuff. That's wholesome. Thanks, Pixel. Okay. So, game of the year, Steve.
1: My game of the year is Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necronancer, this... featuring The Legend of Zelda.
0: What a title. Surprising no one. You've said that a few I times this absolutely... year. I absolutely
1: loved this game, I couldn't stop playing it, I played it in probably in two sittings, that was it, and I just I blasted through it, I thought it was such a cool concept, getting into the awesome soundtrack and the beat of the music with it was just, was just great, I would say if you didn't like having to sync up with the music, go back and, and play with just the move one stick and it moves ah, that's like everyone. like, the whole point, mode. Though. I know it's the whole point, but I still think it's a really good game and it's worth playing anyway, even if you turn off that beat mode. and it's, I know it's kind of like playing on baby mode, but baby, yes, it's still baby worth mode. playing. Yeah. But it's just, like, some of the strategy of, like, I'm looking at the screen. How the hell do I get through without everyone, like, attacking me and dying? And you have to, like, do it in a set order and you move with the beat and then you have to, like, attack people in time and, like, you have yeah. to learn how you kill specific enemies and stuff. It's super cool. I just cool. love this game. I just don't,
0: I don't know why I didn't connect with it. Like, I think, I think. I'm that... surprised
1: because you're such a musical person as well. I thought this I would have been like right up your alley.
0: I think, I think the thing, I didn't like, <sighs> I just, I didn't like the movement. Like it felt so awkward. Like I, I never, I never, I felt like I was rarely in the groove.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Go back and turn that off and just play normal.
0: That's like the whole point though. I don't know. I don't know. It feels weird. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Maybe
1: I'll go back I, I thought it was fantastic. And I think it sets a good precedent. I want Nintendo to give more I agree. Like, of their IPs to indies. Like, you know, go give Metroid to the people that are doing Axiom Verge.
0: Seriously, man. I, I've been saying that, like, maybe he just wanted to work on Axiom Verge too. But, like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, make a 2D Metroid with that guy at, like, the helm. Yeah, That would be fucking genius. You kidding me? And, like, you know what? I would love to see Yacht Club make a Nintendo game. Like, yeah. I would rather see them do what new IP. What would you give them? I, I mean, like, fucking A-Man, I don't know. I think it would be sick if they made a Mario game. Mm. Mario needs a new style. Like, I feel like Mario, like, the 2D Mario style since new Super Mario Bros has not done
1: anything new, ever. I thought 3D World was cool.
0: No, but it's still the same style. Like, I want a new yeah, art style. Is. I want a new approach.
1: I, I could go for a Mario game in the style of Link's Awakening, and I'd be all over it. I think it, that'd but... be
0: cute. I'd be down for Cuphead style, too. I think that would be sick.
1: Yes, Cuphead's awesome.
0: Um, or like a painted style, even. And like...
1: that was the original concept for the Mario games, was we want to make a cartoon, but a video game of it. Really? That was like Miyamoto's original concept was we want to make cartoons, but we want to make... Video games.
0: Interesting. It's like, what if games had characters? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So my game of the year.
1: I'm, I'm gonna be. Sh- I'm gonna be shocked. I'm really gonna be shocked. Is Luigi's?
0: Ma- no, it's Fire <laughs> Emblem Three Houses. Come on. <laughs> there were no other games this year. Are you kidding me? This is the cream of the crop. And the cream always and, rises uh, to I the just,
1: top. I, I genuinely, I love how the narrative for you went this year. It was like, I don't know, Fire the I'm just sick and tired of them showing up in Smash Bros. I don't think I'm going to get this game. I'm not too excited about no, it. No, no, too. no, I Bam. never said. I, never I played did... the game, and then it was like, oh, this is the best game ever you guys need to play. This is my game of the year. I know,
0: I know. So that should that should tell you how good it is. I've said that every time you bring that up. Um, You know, smart people admit when they're wrong, Steve. Yeah. And I was wrong the mm. thing, I never said I wasn't gonna pick it up. I said I wasn't sure if I would like it. I agreed okay. uh, with like one of my my best friends, Andy, who I've podcasted with for years. He and I did a reaction to the Fire Emblem stream on like my old old YouTube channel. Like, they did, like, two years ago when they said that there was a game coming to Switch in 2018 or whatever it was. Yeah,
1: where it was, like, literally nothing, and it was just, like, a white screen. Yeah! Fire Fire Emblem! Emblem. And it It was like, oh, great, okay.
0: And I was like, okay, this is going to be my first Fire Emblem. I'm going to try this game. But I remember buying it, and even when I sat down and turned it on, going into it with this attitude of, like, eh, like, am I going to like this? Like, is this a game that I'm going to play, or am I going to play this for, like, ten hours and be bored with it? and i fell in love with it i fell in love with it immediately and hard and i played it you know like every like there was a two-day period i think where i didn't play the game for some point and i was mad the whole time
1: oh see i haven't had a game like that since breath of the wild where i was just itching all the time to just get back and explore Hyrule and get back and play that game i want that again
0: that was fire emblem for me and i i bet if you play it long enough you'll feel that way too i think a lot of the things that appeal to me about it will appeal to you Mm -hmm. and it's it's just good like it's the the gameplay is really fun i i love the characters and i think it has a really really great ensemble cast where every single one of the houses has interesting characters that are worth getting to know and are different and fill different niches and you know you're you're really encouraged to invest you know, and spend time exploring and meeting people and making connections and um, having that like hard tactical RPG mixed with like the dating sim, you know, like life sim kind of stuff is like a, a perfect match. And,
1: and who doesn't want to date your teachers? I mean, come on. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a little weird, but they do a lot of emphasis on how close in age you are.
1: So. Okay, well, yeah, that's that makes it all A-okay, eh?
0: Yeah, no, no power dynamic problems there. But they don't get together until they're already adults, so it's okay. It's all right. Um, that's
1: no difference to, like, a, a college student day and their professor, but it's still weird.
0: No, 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 it's after they're graduated. They're not students right, anymore. Right, okay. By the time the romance okay. truly happens. Okay. It's it's, it's I'm not going to say it's not weird, but it's it's... Not it was prob-
1: blossoming while they were in the school, and now and now you're out of school. Say okay.
0: It's yeah, it's not as problematic as it could be. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> so I yeah I, I I I can't say enough good things about Fire Emblem. I, I think it I think it has the some of the best pacing I've ever experienced in a JRPG too, because I think that there's a lot of distinct different things that you can do, and you're never you're never doing one thing for too long. You know, it's like yeah. you're battling, you're exploring the monastery, you're like interacting with your students, you're doing the lessons and maximizing your characters and, and getting into the stats and all the spreadsheety stuff and like it you're you're never stuck doing something for too long. So you're able to enjoy what you're doing while you're doing it and never have to feel like you're looking forward to the next thing because it's never that far away. And it was like a real page turner. Like I was very excited to see like what happened next and where where my character stories were going to go and you know what what the mysteries were and everything. And I had all these theories and you know like it it it's just good. It's satisfying. The writing's really good. The characters are funny and charming and lovable or hateable. You know and yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it's a it's a really complete package. I think and it, it's a game that like of all the games I played this year, it's the one that I think. I would I would be closest to giving a perfect score if I was going to like traditionally review it. I think if I was doing it on our scale, I would give it a perfect five of the it's a must play, it's a must own.
1: Interesting. So pixels number one, I'm dying to find out. Did Luigi's Mansion three make his list?
0: It was number one. Luigi's Mansion Three. Yes.
1: I can see why. I really can. I haven't played a little bit today. I can see why. I can see where that game's going to go, and I can see that it's going to be a lot of fun. Just, like, unlocking new things, unlocking cool new moves, going through this creepy mansion and seeing Luigi just get scared over absolutely everything. It's <laughs> a fun game.
0: Yeah, I uh, hope it goes on sale. It probably won't, because Nintendo never puts their games on sale, but I want to check it out. All right, so uh, before we before we jump into the mailbag, which is going to be our our last thing here, because uh, you got plenty of questions for uh, twenty nineteen and beyond. Um, I do have uh, one last update here on Sarah's journey with The Witcher three. Uh, her switch is dead, so oh, she's no. devastated. Yeah, so she's waiting for that, and she said she should have said thank you. So, um, yeah, what a monster, right? What a monster, everybody.
1: It's the worst. World's worst. <laughs>
0: okay so our first question uh and and this these people wrote in over uh between discord twitter and and uh, again pete at lupots.com so if you want to write in um those are all the ways you can do it join our discord the podcast channel we take questions we also uh throw up a thread on twitter usually every week or you can email me directly so make sure you do that if you want to get your thoughts read on the air just like these fine folks did so this first one comes from Left Eye Lazy, aka Matt, over on Discord, and he said, "If you could add any Gen Eight Pokemon to Smash, what would it be?" All right, so I'm gonna read Pixel's answers, right? In this disc, the, mm, the yeah,
1: yeah, in the British accent. accent. Okay, yeah.
0: I don't know how to say Wooloo in a Brit. Woo, I'll say it, Wooloo. 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 Who doesn't want a built-in jumper?
1: Oh my god. <laughs> You might as well be saying, "Please, sir, can I have some more?" Please, that's yeah, that's my accent. It's all. American I know history. it's really weird. What am I? I don't know. I can't
0: do. I'm not an actor. <laughs> what do you want?
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, so fine. Read this next question in an American accent.
1: And what, are we not going to answer the first one?
0: Oh right, I just gave Pixel's answer. Okay, sorry. <laughs> that was a bad call. Um. Okay. Any Gen Eight Pokemon to smash? What would it be? I think I would say.
1: I only know like one Pokemon, so it's gonna be that one.
0: Yeah, who is it? Go ahead.
1: The dude with the ice cube on his head. The penguin. Oh yeah, he ice cube, uh, yeah,
0: he Ice-Q? he's cute. I like yeah,
1: him. I would have him.
0: Oh god. Okay, Sarah says I had tunnel vision and I was nervous. Hey <laughs> So uh yeah, so I've dug myself a grave When's there. When is Sarah
1: gonna be a guest on the show? We just need to get her to be on the show. She won't she won't day. do
0: it. She wouldn't even say hi.
1: She should come on after dark and just talk about how much she left Skyrim. Uh, she
0: should come on after dark. That would be fun.
1: Mm, she should. You two could get drunk together. It'd be Steve, this sounds
0: that. this sounds like a great idea for an episode. Twenty twenty baby. Mm-hmm. Uh so I think <laughs> I would give it to Octolock. Uh look up an I'm image of him. Set.
1: Okay, how about yeah. that Octo?
0: A O C T O lock.
1: Oh, he's scary looking. Yeah, okay. Like and he's
0: a fighting type, and he, he looks
1: like a wrestler. Yeah, and he's a, a bad, wrestling.
0: he's a bad motherfucker. So like, I really like him, and he he like kicks ass, and he's a fighting type, and he's like all like he'd be different, you know. Also, mm. I didn't realize this while I was saying this because this was my sincere answer, but it's actually a great joke. Uh, so I've mentioned before how Matt, Left Eye Lazy, is, has his own podcast, the Longbox Podcast. They call their fans the Tentacle Gang. So the fact that I chose an octopus for the answer to this question is just like, wow, what, what poetry, man? So shout out to the Tentacle Gang.
1: So I'm read the second question in American accent. Yeah, do it. Okay. Are, po- are Pokemon in Smash as annoying as the abundance of Fire Emblem characters, or does the difference in moveset keep them unique and interesting additions? <laughs> The
0: R's! The R's are so... The characters. Do, do the Fire Emblem. I
1: don't fucking know. That's how I hear Americans That's so head. funny.
0: I love it. I fucking love your American accent. It cracks me the fuck up. <laughs> okay, I didn't even listen to the question because I was supposed
1: to... Okay, I'll read it out again. Are Pokemon in Smash as annoying as the abundance of Fire Emblem characters or does the difference in moveset keep them unique and interesting additions?
0: I, I don't think it's as bad uh, for a couple reasons. I think... Obviously the difference in movesets keeps them unique, but Pokemon also all look really different. Look who's back, look who's back. Oh, 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 Sarah sneak goodbye! Steve put you on blast. <laughs> just can't find the switch charger. All the controllers- <laughs> you can't find the switch charger. The there's can- there's two in the bedroom. All the controllers are dead. <laughs> 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 okay so yeah i think pokemon are different because they're all so unique right like none of the pokemon in smash are except for like pichu and pikachu right but like they're all they're all they all look different they all have different kinds of powers and they're so it's
1: not like you've just got the same attack
0: and it's not just like a bunch of like you know, Europe... generic
1: JLPG people, yeah,
0: European looking people with swords and armor. It's like they all have a very similar vibe. And
1: oh, us Europeans all look the same to you, AP, eh,
0: yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, absolutely. You and Pixel could be brothers, <laughs> twin brothers. <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely not.
0: So yeah, I I think the the difference in design as well as moveset keeps Pokemon yeah. interesting. Plus, there's like 900 Pokemon, so it's like there's a lot of there's a lot you can wring out of that.
1: Yeah, I didn't really have much uh, much input on this. I don't particularly play match anymore. I had my kind of go with it. It's not something I try out very regularly. I did find the Fire Emblem characters quite annoying because there were just so many of them um pokemon i don't think i would have been particularly bothered about but i actually do think it's nice to have more variety keep the fan favorites of pokemon in there but then ha- have some like other characters yeah like let's get the minecraft dude in let's get master chief in. i feel let's...
0: like we've done such a good job of that though like there there's so much representation in smash right now like there, are like it's yeah. every fucking company's got somebody in there almost now
1: yeah even microsoft's got someone in banjo
0: yep hell yeah uh, pixel says not for me i enjoy seeing them on screen they're a nice dose of nostalgia in an otherwise frantic game well the gen one one the gen one ones are anyway that was hard to say gen one ones
1: yeah he I re- I wouldn't have said that if he we was no. speaking yeah gen 1 ones.
0: what a had a half asset pixel you know jesus <laughs> 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 no, <I'm just> <laughs> all right read this next one in your american accent
1: No, I'm done with the American accent. You can't even understand what I'm saying. You're too busy laughing at me.
0: If you had any video game gift to give a casual gamer for the holidays this year, what would you give them?
1: So if you had any video game to give a casual gamer.
0: So Pixel said Luigi's Mansion 3, easy to pick up and play and a whole ton of fun. It'd be even better if you could help out and play in co-op. You know, show them the ropes and maybe stick a plunger to their head.
1: You know, I'm gonna answer this a little bit differently. I'm gonna say, so they're a casual gamer, maybe they've just got the Switch for Christmas. That's why how I'm interpreting this question. Yeah, I'm gonna say give them like a twenty-five pound eShop gift card, and then give them a bunch of indie games that you would recommend them to play. Something stuff like Stardew Valley. It's easy to get into. It's difficult to master. Um, you can play. You can you can pick up a bunch of the indie games that we've already mentioned today. Baba is You. If you're into pu- puzzle games. We've got uh, Untitled Goose Game, which you can probably pick up within within that. Pikuniku, Baba's You, they're all on my on my top list. If they're into more like um, environmental puzzlers, the Talos Principle. There's like Dream Daddy. If they want to play like a um a visual, uh, kind of a visual novel, and it's funny. I think uh I think an eShop gift card is probably the best thing you can get someone, and then just give them a list of of games by rather than giving them a physical game because those those big games yeah they're great and they can uh, they're they're nice to give as a gift but i think most people are going to pick those up anyway everyone's probably going to pick up when they buy a switch um mario zelda mario kart mario kart's probably the best casual game to get
0: yeah i was gonna say mario kart 8 or pokemon or zelda or mario depending on their tastes like if you know because because you say casual gamer So I'm assuming that they play video games. They just don't play a lot of video games. So, like, if they are someone who likes adventure games, I would say Breath of the Wild. If they're somebody who likes uh, platformers, Mario. If they're somebody who, like, has any sort of nostalgia towards Pokemon, hard to go wrong with Pokemon. Especially if you're a lapsed fan. Like, if you're somebody who hasn't played Pokemon since, like, the Game Boy or the Game Boy Advance era or something like that, and you come back into Pokemon Sword, I think you'd fall in love with it. So... I think, I think the gift card for indies is a great suggestion, and I think if, the, if you know their tastes are a little more like narrow than that, and they're maybe like not as willing to experiment with indie titles, because I think a lot of casual gamers are that way, I think uh, Mario Kart is a safe bet, and any of those other games are where I would go, you know, depending on how much you know about their taste. Uh, So, Pixel said Luigi's Mansion. Oh, I said that one already. Sorry, damn. You did. And then finally,
1: (laughs) a question for you. Is there ever going to be a video game pals reunion episode for the podcast?
0: Uh, I wouldn't count it out, Matt. Okay. So, this next one comes from uh, our buddy Parker Deal, who's a member of the Fanatics 4 uh, YouTube channel and podcast. Uh, And he says, any 2019 games that you were excited about and ended up letting you down? Any that really surprised
1: yes i was very excited for animal crossing and i was surprised that it got delayed till 2020 that really let me down i
0: was let down yes (laughs) um games i was excited about that ended up letting me down i think the one that comes to mind the most for me is is probably kingdom hearts 3 obviously not a nintendo title but like i really enjoyed it when i started playing it but i never finished it and i don't feel super motivated to go back and finish it and that shitty because i waited for it for so long and i wanted to have it fall i wanted to fall in love with it and have it captivate me and like i had moments of that but i feel like the heights of what i'm gonna get out of it are probably already have been achieved and that's kind of a bummer
1: yeah for me it was literally just the fact that my hottest anticipated game of this year was was slipped into next year but other than that there wasn't anything that i was like oh i'm really excited for entire goose game but it turned out to be a dud. It actually was a really good game.
0: And for the games that surprised, was Fire Emblem for me. Like I, we talked about that already, right? Like I didn't have very high expectations, and it's my game of the year, and I loved it. So easy to say that one surprised me. <laughs> what about you? <sighs>
1: Nothing really surprised me. This year, really, the games that I picked up were games that were announced and released this year. Like the surprise drop of Cadence for Hyrule happened early in the year, and then I picked that up. Kind and, of everything and, was a surprise. <laughs> yeah, that was the biggest surprise. So, yeah, there was nothing that I was like, oh, I'm not necessarily sold on that, and it turned out to be really good because I haven't really given Fire Emblem a chance. I've played like 15, 20 minutes of the I, game. And I, I really hope you give it. it a shot. Yeah.
0: I really do. I think you like it. So this next one comes from Ram, who's one of our patrons, uh, Patreon supporters over there. So shout out to you, Ram! Thank you for the support. Uh, over the last decade, indie games have come into the mainstream, where even parents are buying indie games, buying their children indie games. Excuse me. In light of that, what was the indie game that influenced you most throughout this decade? I would say it's easy for me. It's Shovel Knight.
1: Mine is probably Stardew Valley.
0: That's a that's a good pick. I loved Stardew Valley as well, but Shovel Knight. I mean man like it's one of my favorite games of all time you know Yeah
1: and it's pretty much it's dominated the decade in terms of the indie game narrative it's one of yeah. the first like big kickstarters and they've been working on that game for 6 years forever Yes yeah, it's, it's literally, like or so, 7 years I think
0: yeah
1: it probably is the most influential indie game of this generation but I would also say things like that didn't inf- necessarily influence me but influenced other games like gone home influenced things like what remains of me, the finch and fire Firewatch, um and those games all kind of sat well with me
0: yeah i mean i think there have been a lot of great indie games this decade for sure like I and i could name dozens but if you're going to talk about which is the one that like left the biggest impact on me gotta be shovel knight you know it's it's mm-hmm. uh it's a game I have a lot of love for, and like I plan on getting a shovel knight tattoo eventually. Like I'm, okay. I'm a diehard shovel knight fan.
1: See, I, 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 don't, I don't, I will never get a tattoo, I don't think, but I could see myself like with a little Starry Valley chicken on my uh, dude. I thought, body I thought about
0: getting the blue chicken. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, for my my gr- ever growing video game sleeve. Yeah, that I'll eventually. I think it would play. be cool. I want, I want to start getting a lot of smaller ones. You know, to, like, fill in the gap, and I think I'll do, like, mm-hmm. a lot of, like, pixel art style things, so I'm sure there'll be a there'll be a farming sim opportunity in there somewhere. The thing is, I really want to get the egg of the windfish, but then I'll have two Zelda tattoos, and I'm like, is that overkill?
1: Oh, no, I don't think so, because they're very different games. Yeah,
0: I think so. I think that's fair. And some
1: people won't know what the egg is. They'll be like, oh, you're into Yoshi.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you guys really into horticulture. <laughs> oh, you know, that's plants. <laughs> What's egg? What's animal husbandry? (laughs) Agriculture. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, so this next one comes from Eddie Road Dog, a.k.a. Ed, who was our guest uh, two episodes ago from the Gamer Delphia podcast. He said, which game this decade would have been excellent had it not been for microtransaction greed that ended up burying it? I can think of games like Star Wars Battlefront 2, for example. Uh, pixel said i generally try to avoid games with microtransactions so i don't have much experience with how excellent they were or as they are weren't as the case may be i did have my eye on battlefront 2 when that was announced though and well ultimately ended up skipping it i would say battlefront 2 is the kind of the prime example um i think that star wars battlefront both both of them one and two were uh games that were they flirted with goodness but were like kind of mediocre because like graphically awesome like feel wise for like the shooting and everything awesome sound design awesome but like way too many you know microtransactions in the second one the first one was really light on content a franchise that definitely feels like it was really really muddled by EA's business practices and Mm -hmm. and uh and kind of undeniably so
1: I kind of think though that that was their turning point you look at what they oh, did with yeah. like Apex Legends and the latest Star Wars game. It's yeah. like they kind of learned their lesson and were able to bounce back from that.
0: Yeah, I don't know that Jedi Fallen Order comes out the way it does if that game wasn't as much of a failure, you know, or the narrative around it. The what the well wasn't so poisoned. So that's really the really only one I can think of. I, I,
1: I've I've got something for me. It's every single mobile game ever this decade has been completely uh, sure. ruined and tarnished by microtransactions and ads. Prior to that, like you could buy Angry Birds for $1.99 and you could have a great time playing Angry Birds. But since um, everyone has completely devalued mobile games now and no one wants to pay anything for them, they're willing to sit there and watch an advert for 30 seconds every five minutes or so or pay $1.99 for some gems or some coins to continue doing whatever they're doing in their game. And that that to me is just complete. It's completely ruined ruined games. I actually really like the fact that Apple are doing Apple Arcade and Google are doing a similar thing on Google Play now, and you can pay like a subscription and just get access to those high quality games that they've like promised will never have microtransactions and they'll never have ads in. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, mobile games have been completely destroyed by it.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good one. Okay, so this next one comes from Pl- I don't know how to say their name. It's Ploughkip. Ploughkip three hundred one from the Discord. Uh, it's a name I see a lot, but I've never like thought about how to say it out loud because I think this. I is the... think it's Plofkip. I think this is the first time they've written in. Um, so thanks for writing in. What is the most overlooked game of the last decade? Uh, So, Pixel says, There are way too many overlooked games nowadays, mostly indies. I guess this is probably due to the amount of games being released around the same time, making it much harder to compete and stand out. One of the most recent overlooked indie games that immediately comes to mind is probably Minute. The game barely even has 750 reviews on Steam. That's compared to the usual 10,000 plus reviews that most regarded indie titles get. It's extremely fun title that and has such a strong hook, but I guess it somehow missed out on a stronger recognition. If you haven't played it yet, go check it out. It only takes sixty seconds. My memory is nowhere good enough to remember all the overlooked games of the past decade, so I'm sticking with minute.
1: I think it's a lot of the Wii U titles. Um, like stuff like Splatoon kind of got overlooked because no one bought a Wii U, and that all happened in the last decade. Can you call a the game it goes, yes, it...
0: millions of copies overlooked though? Yeah.
1: It only sold a million copies in Japan.
0: Well, still, it's a lot of people. And play. then it
1: got it got like a resurgence on the Switch with Splatoon Two, and you look how phenomenally well that did. But everyone kind of just ignored it and was like, "Oh, Nintendo's having a shooter," and just kind of let it go. I don't know. I think a lot of the Wii U Wii, Wii U games got overlooked.
0: I think that's fair. I'm really struggling to think of something.
1: What's been your like favorite game that no one has played? Like Pixels is minute. He tried to get. You know what's a game that
0: comes to mind? Is I played this indie game. It was fairly popular a couple of years ago. But After Party? No, not After Party. That's the one that just came out. What is it? Oxenfree. No, 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 no. Hold on. Fuck. <laughs> what is it called? What is it called? Party Hard. Let me see. I think that's it. Oh God, this is gonna kill me if I can't think of what it's called. Yes, it's Party Hard. Uh, so it came out in 2015. So it's a pretty old indie game, but I I really love this game. Uh, you play a serial killer, and it's an action stealth game where, like, every board is an, is a part, different party, and you need to, like, kill everybody at the party without getting caught and found out. And it's, I like, a, nice. it's a classic, like, pixel graphics kind of thing, and I, I really love that game. I connected with it pretty hard. And um I I don't I don't feel like I've ever really met anybody who played it or talked about it or anything like that. So maybe that's my choice. It's the first game that comes to mind. So I'll I'll give it to that one, I think. Check out Party Hard. I think it's on Switch now. It's a great game. All right. So last question of the of the year. Last question of the year, guys. And wouldn't you guess Comes from a Sobey. There you go, Sobey. I'm giving you the honor of of giving us our last questions because not only did you give us two, you gave us some that are like forward thinking, looking into 2020. So I yeah, feel they're like great questions. Great questions. Great way to the end to end the show. Great way to end the year, and a great way to say thank you for writing in every week as you've done. I really appreciate uh, getting to uh, getting to hear from you. So Sobey writes in and says, "Hey there, guys. Here's my questions for this week's podcast." See, he's ready. It's every week. It's a weekly thing uh (laughs) what is your wish list for 2020 what would you like to see from nintendo doesn't have to be games only maybe new switch model or just behavior changes or changes in the way they do online etc um so I'll, i'll read pixels so that we can think in terms of games hollow knight silksong i need this goddamn game like yesterday breath of the wild sequel we've said before that it'd make sense to launch this in holiday 2020 and i've got my somewhat optimistic heart set on a 2020 window Gods and Monsters looks interesting and it's teetering on the wishlist, borderline. I'll probably wait for reviews to roll in, though. I'd also love for a more powerful Switch model to launch next year and folders. Yep, I'd be happy to just have some game icon folders. My home screen is getting harder and harder to navigate the more Switch games I accumulate. Folders were a godsend when they were introduced to the 3DS OS. By the way, where the hell is Pikmin 4?
1: It <laughs> is never getting Pikmin 4. It's not happening. Pikmin 4 is canceled.
0: Pikmin 4. Oh my god!
1: (laughs) My 2020 wish list. So I would like a new Switch model, Switch Pro kind of model, or at least a revised Switch with a higher thing. I don't see it happening next year. I think that's probably going to be a later date. I don't think they're going to want to compete with PS5 and and Xbox Series X next year. I
0: hope it's not a 2020 thing because I want it to be like 2021 because I don't want to spend like a thousand dollars on on consoles next year. You know.
1: If I'm prioritizing one, it's gonna be the new switch over anything. That's crazy. That will be what I buy. Breath of the Wild Two plays best in four K sixty frames a second on the new The switch new switch Pro. is not gonna be four K. Okay, but if it is, versus like um here's some here's some generic shooter PS five thing, here's Horizon Zero Dawn have so like nah fuck that Breath of the Wild Two with me. Switch Pro. No way, you would do the same as No like I wouldn't, that. I would pick PS five. Oh, oh no It's way. new
0: hardware. It's yeah. new hardware man yeah like yeah. Spe- especially if horizon 2 is there like i love it's horizon. a good game horizon i love a horizon,
1: good game. Man. like a good game.
0: breath of the wild is objectively better i would say but like i the world of horizon and everything was so fresh and so new and there's so like view new triple ips these days that like horizon is like one of the games of the generation man
1: yeah but I'd also like to see them improve their software a little bit. I feel like we still haven't got themes, and everyone's like angling after where the hell are they? Oh yeah,
0: let me get a theme.
1: Online needs still needs some work. We're when they're paying for it, we still haven't got proper usernames or gamer tags. It's still crappy gamer codes. You still can't invite friends to a load of games. Like I can't just play a game of Splatoon and and play with my buddies. I have to hope and pray that we're on the same team if we're playing a ranked match it's like what i hate the hell? how
0: i hate how hard it is to know who my friends are like i have yes. friends on my friends list so i literally don't know who they are
1: why can't i voice chat like seriously why can't i voice chat uh, uh, through anything other than the crappy mobile app i should be i can connect a headset to my switch and i can voice chat in fortnite or in uh, other third party games why can't i do that through party chat on a switch Those are things I think should have been here a long time ago. And really, it's just them improving their software. And one really, really hopeful wish, which I don't think is going to happen, is N64 or GameCube games.
0: Yeah, I would say for me, that's probably my biggest one, is I would like to see them continue to expand the uh, online library. I'd love to see them add N64 or GameCube games or Game Boy games. Um, Any of those would be a welcome addition. I would love to see a Game Boy Classic, actually. I don't think we'll get one, but I would love that.
1: I think we'd have had that this year if it was coming.
0: Probably. I am similarly excited for a Breath of the Wild sequel. I hope we hear about a Mario Odyssey sequel. Um, Even just a tease in the same way we got for Breath of the Wild 2, I would be satisfied with. I would just want.
1: I'm so surprised we never got DLC for that.
0: I I think it's because they decided to make a second game. I really do. Mm. Um, And I think it's probably coming, but I would love to hear about it. Uh, I would also love, like, in terms of, like, different things for them and, like, their behavior or whatever, I would love for Nintendo to put pressure on, uh, on, on Game Freak to, like, take more time with Pokemon. That would be great. Don't think that'll happen either. Uh, In terms of the online and stuff like that, I don't really care that much. Like, I don't, I'm not really gonna do much party chat or online gaming on Switch anytime soon. Um, if the services were better, maybe I would but i just not really like how i play games on console like most of my online multiplayer behavior is pc so
1: fair enough i but i would love to play like a a game of divinity original sin or you know i know max has been playing a lot of overwatch and just one thing i love playing love about the xbox is that me and my friends can be both all playing different games but when we're online, we can just be hanging out and and talking to one another.
0: I just want every console to have Discord support, really, because that's like yeah, that would be great. That's what I do on Discord, right? So it's like just do that. Like Discord on Switch would be perfect. I don't think we need anything more than that. Uh, yeah, and then the only other thing is, is is themes for me. I would really like some themes. I feel like the Switch is still like it's very quiet, and I would love to have a little more personality to my home screen yeah have you
1: seen that untitled goose game theme that they've released on ps4 Happy no years. no is it good yeah
0: yeah like i have the undertale theme that pixel gave me on my ps4 and i love it um so yeah i i would i would love to see some more of that that's i think it for me really
1: i kind of would love to see a new ip as well i would the last that's a good new point. ip yeah. was arms and it's like what else are you working on
0: i would fuck with an arms too but I don't think we'll ever get to it. <laughs> no I don't give a shit about I love that game. I love arms but I I would love arms too Um, but I would I would I think I would even prefer a new IP to that because I, I am not it's not that I'm sick of Nintendo's IP and like I feel like they innovate on them well and I think that they they probably steward their IP better than almost anybody in the industry but man I just want to see new stuff yeah okay so last question of the year It's been one and a half years since Loot Pots published its first article, and a little bit more than a year since the first episode of the Potscast got uploaded. How do you view the progress you made from back then till now? What are your plans for improvements in the next year? Mostly a question for Pixel, but I'd love to hear everyone's opinion and maybe personal goals for their content on Loot Pots in 2020. First of all, it's not just a question for Pixel. Steve and I do a lot behind the scenes. You just don't know that because you're not behind the scenes. We wield wield plenty of power. I'm the voice of the podcast, sir. (laughs) I jest, they kid. Uh, So let's read Pixel's thing. I'm really impressed with what the team has achieved in such a short time. We're all part-timers at the moment with full-time jobs and limited time. But despite that, and I'm tooting the team's horn here, we've rolled out some amazing content during the past year. Going forwards, we're looking at revamping the website a little bit, mixing up our Patreon a bit, and trying to invest a bit more time in what we're doing. The end of 2019 has been hectic, and during our internal meeting, we flagged a whole bunch of stuff that we really want to do more often. Things like regular YouTube videos, covering more news and reviews, and possibly knocking the podcast up a notch. Will we pull it off? Watch this space. So first of all, thanks for writing in, It's Uh, It's it's always great to hear from you, and I think these are really thoughtful questions in terms of... How do we view the progress we've made since then and now? Um, I mean, great, right? I I think obviously, like when Pixel started the website, it was a one man operation. Now we've got, you know, what, six ish, eight ish people working on the website. And, um, you know, I'd I'd like to think that Steve and and I and and Max uh, and TJ and Dan and everybody else have made uh, some pretty worthwhile contributions, um, the podcast being one of them. And uh, I'm I'm really proud of the progress that we've made. Uh, I, I don't. It's not something that I like. I think I do a good job reflecting on and appreciating sometimes of that. It's only been like a year, and you know we have this great show. We're fifty what, four episodes in now, and uh, you know, um, hundreds of people tune in to listen to us talk about Nintendo every week, and um, some of you even care enough about that to pay extra money to listen to us talk about our lives, and you know, like just Steve and I bullshitting or me asking DJ dating questions. Uh, and, uh, and that that really means a lot to me, you know, like I, as somebody who, you know, listens to, you know, a decent amount of podcasts and stuff like that, but is also just somebody who really enjoys a lot of different kind of art. Um, there's, there's a lot of shit out there com- competing for your attention. So the fact that you choose every week again and again to, you know, write in and, and give us some of your time and that you guys look forward to the episodes and you look forward to hearing our opinions and everything. That means a lot to me. You know, it's uh, that's a huge thing. You're making us a, a huge part of your life. You only get so many hours and you're choosing to spend them with us. And uh, that's that's awesome. And, you know, we do it um, as much as we do it because it's fun. We do it because you guys are listening. So uh, I I am infinitely grateful for that and uh i i am proud of the progress that we've made i look back on that first show and like we were strangers we literally had never like we you and i had talked once before
1: yeah and i'd spoken to pixel once for a youtube video which you can still see which is us playing um i keep talking and nobody explodes that was the first time i would ever spoken to pixel i hadn't seen his face on that first episode pixel didn't have his camera set up or didn't want to show his face to us yet so it was like it was still a mystery around around it it was weird and we did we did, like, a couple of test episodes, and then we were like, yeah, we've kind of got this nailed down, and that's when we kind of got into the the banter of being able to, you know, jest at each other, which I really liked.
0: I remember going into that first conversation, like, really afraid, because I was like, I don't know these guys, and, like, I've only ever podcasted with people that, like, I had a relationship with, kind of, you know? Yeah um so it was like oh like i'm the host and like i don't know these people and like what
1: well that wasn't even determined the first episode was like so who's gonna host this thing and pixel was like uh one of you two can do it and it's like oh okay we were like well are you sure pixel because it's kind of your site it's kind of your yeah. thing are you sure you don't want to be the host
0: and i remember you were like you were like well i don't want to do it and pixel was like well I- okay i i wanted pete to do it anyway because i know he ho- he has hosting experience and i was like uh, oh okay and I was like not prepared. It was just like, all right, so we're gonna record the first show, and I was like, oh, I'm the host, I guess, and what, what, yeah, like I didn't have, and I went in totally blind, you know. Uh, and I look at now, here we are, 54 episodes later, we've got a rhythm, you know. We've we've had some really great guests, um, you know, like Liam Robertson is like a guy I've watched his YouTube videos for like years, mm-hmm. and then like he was like, yeah, and not John my from
1: Game you know? Explain,
0: yeah, yeah, and that's really cool, you know. Like those are guys that. Um, that like in a lot of ways like i've looked up to you know and now it's like i got to meet them and you know um you know uh get to chat games with them and everything and that's really cool you know like that's that is something to totally be proud of um so yeah i and even pixel was you know somebody who i was like oh this this insider who i follow and cite on my other podcasts and stuff and now you know you you guys are, are close friends he sends me christmas gift every year you know and um, you and I have really gotten to know each other really well from between After Dark, yeah. and you know, like you know, we've both helped each other through some personal stuff, and you know, it's a, it's a, we've had a lot of uh, achievements both as content creators and as uh, as as friends and people. So, yeah, it's been a good year, and we've made a lot of good progress, and I feel good about it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm faced with with how how things have gone. This year has been um a bit of a crazy wild ride. We started the year, I think, with the best intentions, and we had like a plan. Oh, we're gonna do, we're gonna achieve X, Y, and Z. And maybe those plans were a little bit too too ambitious, and we've kind of got, kind of gone, gone back and reassessed. Just you know what we're gonna do for 2020.
0: Not to say I told you so, but I was like, hey guys, maybe like maybe this is a little bit much. Maybe we slow our roll. Mm-hmm. Maybe we take it one thing at a time. And everyone's like, no, 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 we're gonna we're gonna fly right towards the sun with our plastic wings
1: but the the thing i'm most proud of is this podcast it's the thing that everyone engages with it's the thing that that kind of me and you devised and took to Pixar. i was like this is what we want to do this is our babies. and and i i love this i love after dark even more than this just because we just get to goof around and, and do funny shit that i don't know where else we would get to to do that and the fact that people pay to listen to that is just crazy to me. People want to pay and listen about how I crashed my car and how, <laughs> or like, like
0: you just eating a cake, like <laughs> just starting the episode with a mouthful of cake and people love it's it. Off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I've I've wanted to do a show like After Dark for years. You know, like I've I've wanted to do a off-topic, like just like let's talk about our lives and like whatever's yeah. going on and. That kind of stuff, and it's it's just fun. It's a blast. I have a blast doing this show with you every week.
1: Yeah, it's a great show. It bums
0: me out when you miss it, you know. And Pixel too, obviously. It,
1: yeah, me me too. Uh, it kind of has just become mine and mine and yours. I do think Pixel wants to get back to that at some point. We're gonna have to figure out some scheduling. Uh, he's been on After out. Dark like once. Yeah, like it's been. It's really like
0: our thing, which is cool, but it's also like, damn, like I do miss having him on it. It's yeah. funny too, like how d j became part of the like the like you know he really like elevated himself within loop pots by working on after dark
1: well and uh, and everything i mean d j has been like a driving force this year he's he's keeping us on track fantastic, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. d j does not get nearly enough credit, like Because, no. like you and I are like looked at as like, oh yeah, we're like the the b tier guys and everything you know but it's like yeah dj's like right right there man he works and
1: and pixel's up there on god yeah
0: up on his up on his uh his ivory tower you know yeah you know but you know we're giving him shit but he said a lot of nice things about us here in his answer so maybe we shouldn't give him so much crap he did no i'm not
1: giving him shit pixel (laughs) knows it's all just it's all good fun good yeah Uh, i uh yeah pixel's great
0: yeah yeah i think uh it's been a real pleasure getting to know you guys over this this year and a half, and uh, it's been fun, and I'm really proud of what we're doing. And in terms of what our plans for improvements are, um, Pixel outlined a couple of them, but uh, without you know giving away everything, uh, my goals for 2020 are: I want to get regular articles back on the website. I want to, like, improve our editorial process so that we don't have content gaps when things get crazy because, like Pixel said, we are all part-timers. And especially with Steve and I trying to do the podcast and make videos and do all this other stuff, you know, that's something that kind of falls through the cracks sometimes. So that's something we're thinking about. Uh, I want to – I have a goal of, by the end of the year, getting us to a point where we put out at least one YouTube video a week. I want to get a video version of the podcast going, and I'd love to do it live on Twitch. And speaking of which, I want to get a Twitch schedule going on, on for us as well where, you know, there'll be a couple of days where you guys know, hey, this is the day Loot pot's, Loots Pot. <laughs> oh, my God. I just <sighs> – I'm getting tired. Uh, that Loot pot's streams and I it's know
1: – two hours. DJ's going to kill us.
0: I know. And then I know I can show up and, and get the episode and – or the stream and everything and be a part of it. So um, those are my goals for 2020. We're working towards them. Yeah. I'm, I'm confident we'll achieve some of them.
1: <laughs> mine, are, mine are quite aligned with yours one specific thing i'd like to do is more developer interviews i'm i interviewed the creator of uh, Wondersong this year i'd love to do more of those next year i recorded that as an au- as audio and i would have loved to have had that as like a segment on the podcast i think that would have been a really good um kind of bit of insight i'd love to have the, more like devs and guests onto the show we can kind of just have a section at the end where we do that
0: yeah, I think that would be really cool. I'd, I'd love to get more guests on the show, especially developers.
1: Yeah. So if you're an indie developer listening to the show, email p at looppost
0: Yeah, hit us up. Um. Yeah. So again, thanks to Asobi and everybody else who wrote in, uh, for the last two weeks, um, for this for this episode. Uh, sorry, Pixel couldn't make it, but I I hope that you guys are happy with this game of the year discussion. Uh, I think it's been a good year, and uh, I'm looking forward to 2020. I'm going into it with good intentions and good energy, and uh, I think it's going to be a good year for us. I hope, I hope, uh, I hope we're able to achieve all those things that we've set out there, and um, you know, I think, I think there's going to be a lot of good stuff to come. So, thank you again to everybody who's been joining us on this crazy ride. Uh, if you're a member of the Discord, if you're a follower on Twitter, a listener to the show, YouTube, wherever you get us, I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you making us a part of your week, and um, you know I hope that you'll come and connect with us in all the other ways that you can, and you'll come check out the other cool stuff that we're doing, and you know you'll continue to get involved and uh, you know and help this community grow and and uh, help what we're doing here grow because uh, it, it's um, you know it's a two way street it's us and it's you guys so thank you uh, for being here and for your support. So one more time, if you want to support the show, make sure you give us a like on your audio platform of choice. Subscribe to that RSS feed so that you know when the weekly episode goes live. Uh, we won't – oh, no, we will have a show next week because of how this played out. Yeah, so we're all good. We're all good. No, no gap. <sighs> but if you want to connect with all the other stuff we're doing, if you've just checked out the podcast, don't forget we're on YouTube. We're on Twitch. We're over at Loopods.com, We're doing articles. We're publishing videos. We're doing streams. We're doing all kinds of things great content and uh there's there's a ton of it you can also follow us at loopods.com if you want to keep up with everything we're doing that's basically an all-in-one rss feed of everything that's going on so if you want to keep up with 100 percent of what we're doing great to head over there click it turn on notifications you'll see uh what we've got coming on um any of our platforms any of our channels so go check that stuff out and uh, if you want to get involved with the community, the ever-growing legion of Potsheads, you can go join our Discord, uh, like all these fine folks did who wrote in, and uh, get your thoughts right on the air, connect with people, find people to trade Pokemon with, uh, you know, Marmaker levels, all that kind of stuff. You know, we've got a, a, a active little community over there, and um, it's a great place to be. We're always in there chatting, so if you want to come chat with us and, you know, uh, connect, talk about what we're playing, all that kind of stuff, please do. We'd love to hear from you. It's, uh, it's a, a real fun place to be. And last but not least, if you want to go above and beyond, head over to patreon.com slash Support us at the $5 level. Get access to After Dark. Hear about stories such as how Steve crashed his car or, uh, you know, vacations. The first time I went to the Star Wars place at Disney. World. There's all kinds of good stuff. The time I met Robert Kirkman. We've got a whole backlog. I think there's almost 20 episodes of After Dark now. And uh, if you support us, you'll get access to all of them. So, you know, there's no wrong time to hop on and catch up with that show. It's a good time. And the episodes are evergreen, so even the old ones are still fun. They're not, like, newsy or anything like that. So you can jump in and kind of hear us talk about whatever. Um, so with that, that's a wrap on this episode of the podcast and an ep- a wrap on 2019. Thanks again for joining us. We love you very much. We'll see you next year.